G'day everyone, and welcome to Yarns from the Paddock, brought to you by AgForce Queensland. On today's episode, we've got a special treat for you all. Recently, at the AgForce Forum held down at Longreach, we had the opportunity to chat to Rob Chaplin in front of the live audience. Now, Rob shared his journey towards, towards advocacy and some of the things that he's learnt along the way. Look, this is a great episode for anyone who's sitting on the fence whether to put their hand up or whether not to. Whether you're sitting in a car, sitting in a tractor, or even sitting at your desk, this episode's for you. So tune in and enjoy the episode. This is how I usually do things, a little bit behind the scenes. So, like I said, we have had the podcast going for the last couple of months, and I am trying to ring this out while Vol sorts out a microphone. But this is pretty the way it goes. So what you see is what you get. So, Rob, thank you very much for jumping on board and telling us your story on the Yarns from the Paddock podcast. Look, mate, if you do say something you don't want to be recorded, just say, edit it out, Sam, after you say it. Unfortunately, the rest of the people here will hear it, but um, the 3,000 people that listen to us weekly won't. But Rob Chaplin, thank you very much for jumping on board. Can you please, to start off, introduce yourself, where are you from and what do you do? <clears throat> Thanks, Sam, and uh, you've done a fantastic job today. It's uh, so. Uh, so I'm Rob Chaplin, and I hail from Cloncurry. We're on a small beef cattle property, about 30 k's this side of Cloncurry. God's country, apparently, North Queensland. Who, who cheered out over here? Anyone? I heard one. <laughs> Be brave. Put your hand up. Now, um, Rob, the reason why we, you've got thrown under the bus, half the Northern Council said you can talk underwater, and we will see those talents out tonight. But, um, look, Rob, the reason why we did get you on board is because we wanted to chat about one of the most important things, is bringing the next generation along this journey. Like, it is important to have the next generation when it comes to advocacy, especially when it comes to agriculture, so we need people like you to come on board. So, before we do delve into what made you put your hand up and start telling representing and standing up on the cattle council. <laughs> Can you please take us back to the start, Rob? Don't worry about it, Vol. we'll just run with one mic. Yep. Can you please take us back to the start? What was Rob Chaplin doing when he was first born kicking around Weinberg? Ah, good one. <laughs> um, no, uh, first born. Well, uh, we were on the northern side of Cloncurry. Um, I'm one of six kids, um, good Catholics, uh, and um, no, I guess, uh, you know, growing up on a cattle station, it's like you don't know anything different. Um, it's, that's home, that's w- what you do, um, go up riding motorbikes, riding horses, you know, mastering, doing all that. Uh, I, I went through school the air, Mount Isa, distance education, and um, and uh, yeah, so nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and it went on to boarding school in Charles Towers, and then um, and then I, after leaving school, there, yeah, I might as well just get on with it. <laughs> um, after leaving school, uh, still wasn't really sure what I was going to do. Um, obviously there's a lot of mining around Cloncurry and I sort of entered the mines in, right. uh, and um, just as a 
bit of a fill-in, good, good coin opportunity there, and I sort of thought, oh, well, I'll do that for a bit until I sort of work out what I'm doing. And um, I end up doing that first 16 and a half years, underground mining. Um, so I guess I didn't do an, an official trade like the, the you know, a diesel fit or anything like that. My, I suppose my skills and trade in the mining industry was underground and, and, and operating. Um, and yeah, it was good. Um, I always, on my weeks off, I'd still go back to the family property because I worked generally at mines that were close proximity to home. Um, but yeah, I suppose you, you always, like, I suppose the reason that I stayed doing it, I thought, oh, well, I'll earn the money and I'll get, get uh, my own cattle and own sort of set up um, through earning that coin and, and work my way into the industry that way, um, which I sort of did, like, uh, but, um, yeah, so that was great, but you always, always had that feeling of wanting to be back on the land and, and, and being home and, and sort of doing what you're passionate about and what you love, so. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting that when you do mention about the mines and, and the pull that people do have when they do go away. Thanks, Vol. You're a legend. Um, yeah, give him another round of applause. Oh. Superstar. It's, uh, it's very interesting with like, that pull of the money, and I, don't, I know a lot of friends who have done that. They've gone away and they've actually never come back. But what was the driver for you wanting to come back into agriculture and not stay in the mines? <clears throat> um, well, I suppose... Uh, as I got older, I um, met a girl and then uh, we got married and had kids and then so that changes everything a bit. Um, it didn't change the fact that I'd, I'd much rather be on the land sort of doing what we do, um, producing beef and protein. Um, but I guess, yeah, I was sort of over the mining sort of things. Um, and um, yeah, it was really keen to get back home and, and, and I suppose ageing parents and that and there was an opportunity for me to move back on the property and, and help out there and um, sort of basically step into a managing role there as well. It's an interesting topic that succession one and I won't, I'm going to kind of take a bit of a detour away from it because you coming back home and what thing I want to touch on is what led you into standing up and now you currently you do sit on the cattle council board is that correct yeah yep. so initially when you first came back home was Ray putting your hand up for advocacy was that something you were thinking about at the time no um, <clears throat> probably like a lot of uh, producers and people um, that has an opinion on just about everything and um, and uh, and I'm probably not one to hold back on my opinions, um, which sometimes can get me into trouble. But, um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I suppose when I first went back, I sort of felt a little bit like in the industry, we sometimes feel like we're all competing against each other a little bit. Like for you know, I did feel that. It, um, there was a little bit of lack of wanting to share and was a little bit uh, 
close quarters on on information it, it did feel like a bit went more so when i was in the mining and that and then i was um the opportunity there was a it's abl um the opportunity to get on there and then that sort of opened up a few things so touching on the abl for those in the crowd that don't know what is the abl program and how long ago did you do that and what did you learn from it so ABL is Advancing Beef Leaders program, but essentially it's a program to, it's not, it's sort of for anyone that sort of wants to, I suppose, progress in the industry or, or, or is just at a stage where they, they either want to um, put more into their family operation or, or, or whether they're looking to go down an avenue of, of joining like, the likes of Ag Force, or or even their local race club, or or something, um, and, and it just gives you a bit of exposure to all of that, and you sort of cover a, a range of topics, whether it's personal development or uh, or um, an insight into Ag Force, or yeah, there's some really great people that are a part of that, and yeah, you can probably you've done it too. So yeah, I think I think there is. Um Bowles got rid of my microphone again. Sorry, I've, I keep swapping mics, but um, like you touched on, I think there's actually a few people in the room that have gone through the ABL program, and I think it's essential these programs to help bring through the next generation when it does come through. And one point I want to ask you is, what was the difference before ABL to not putting your hand up, to going through doing the program and then putting your hand up and now representing your industry? <laughs> Well, I suppose I spoke before about, uh, you know, feeling a bit isolated in, in information sharing amongst peers or whatever, but then when you join a program like that, it starts opening up doors and, and you meet other people across Queensland, not just in your own area, but actually you, there's quite a few people, there's a northern one, so you get to meet a few people, uh, all ages I suppose, not all ages, but more of a more age group and younger, I suppose, but um, so it just, you know, it showed me that it, there is a lot of people that are willing to uh, share information and, and, and you're not alone in your thinking or your experiences of where you're at at that point in time, you know, everyone's, not everyone, but a lot of families are going through succession, uh, uh, you know, trying to ideas through to the your parents or something and get that you know uh, a different way of doing things a bit like um, what was spoken about by a few of the sheep guys today about you know progression and stuff like that it's not always not every family sometimes is um, so progressive and so supportive you've got to fight your way to get your opinion heard and that and so um, yeah I guess after doing ABL, it sort of made me realise that yeah, I wasn't alone, and that there is a lot of people out there and support and mentors, and and then I guess it just gave you that confidence. Then, well, once you finished it, you were sort of the program. You sort of left going, well, what now? Like so, and then I guess uh, thanks to Peter Hall um, had a chat to me one one night, and um, next minute I was. Uh, on the catapult. Good work, Peter. Um, 
coming across when you did start in the cattle board, what were some of those challenges that you first faced coming into that position? And was it a steep learning curve for yourself stepping up into that type of role? No, it's been really good. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it really has. Like um, the board's um, fantastic. They're like uh, uh, very supportive. Um, I don't feel judged in my opinions, and <laughs> uh, I see David Hill laughing. But um, uh, yeah, no, you. Uh, you you're allowed to speak your mind, and and um, and it's and it's good. Like um, I, I think uh, the challenges were all in my head, I suppose. Like a, as to going in there, and um, but it's been really good, and I suppose that's where I guess the the challenge is for me is that I um, I'm at an age where I really I've got a young family, and and then I'm in a, a small family business where. Um, you know, it's hard to get away and make the time to do this sort of stuff. And uh, I'm no different to many people. Um, and I hear so many people of my age group and that say, oh, I'm just too busy, you know, whether it's putting your hand up. Like this year, I'm on the Vice President's Race Club. I end up putting my hand up to coach the kids' footy team because no one, everyone's too busy. But um, I think, sort of need to work on that with peers and other people, like we're all busy, like that, that same old story of oh, I'm too busy, it um, doesn't sort of sit well with me I don't think because you know, you, you listen to some of the people that have been there and done it and, and you come to days like today and you sit back and go geez like I'm not that busy, like you know, you just gotta fall in the time and, and make, make things happen I suppose. So, looking back at what you've gone through and what you've learned, like from stepping up, what would you say to someone that was in your position a couple of years ago? What would you do to tap them on the shoulder and make them stand up and take up a role in one of these positions? Well, I think with Ag Force, it's got a, it's got a, um, the YPC is a, is a great starting point. Um, and I think it comes back to probably for a, a lot of the, well, the generation that's a little bit older than me that has children probably just a bit younger than me to actually give them the confidence to say, hey, you know, you're only young, but I think you should, you know, start just coming to things like this or, or um, putting their hand up because there's no... There's no great time to, to put your hand up. We're all busy, like I just said, but I think there's a, there's a sweet spot there of, you know, maybe 25 to 30 where a lot of people aren't married and haven't got kids and there's a great opportunity to, to just learn, you know, a lot uh, just about advocacy or policy making or governance or all those things that when you get a bit older, and um, you're thrown into it, you, you sort of feel like you're paying catch-up a bit. And not only that, there's a lot of things on these committees where you f feel like you, ne you need to be there to be up to speed on what's happening in the industry so 
you know, you can um, really have impact on on advocacy and be up to date of what's actually happening. And it's sometimes not that easy to get away. Like, um, whereas people that aren't married with our kids, it's not as difficult sometimes. Like, so I think there's a real uh, spot there for just giving those younger generation a bit of a taste of this. And uh, maybe uh, it's like a little bit like um, setting them up for, um, <laughs> Uh, what's the word? Um, succession. succession. Succession, I suppose, of roles. So, yeah. so on that succession point, and like you mentioned, it's not always beers and beer and skittles when it does come to this type of roles. What are some things that AgForce as an organisation can do, or would you suggest they can do to help bring that next generation through? Uh, I think nights like this is fantastic. I think um, just, I suppose, putting it back to our members to just encourage people to turn up, encourage the younger generation to turn up. I don't know too many young people that don't mind turning up for a beer or, or, a, or a wine, like, um, so that should be easy enough. Um, but yeah, I think it's important to make the time to come to these things because uh, for me, anyway, you, you walk away going, if, if people were feeling like a bit isolated or, or you know, things are um, not support or whatever, that you come away from here going, well, um, there's a lot of people in the industry that are willing to share information, you know, and, and, and I suppose offer advice or mentor or, or whatever. And, and because I, I suppose a little bit gets back to, uh, I'm terrible with names, but uh, one of the sheep followers was saying about um, the, you know, it's important that it, he sort of made the wool side and then the sheep side of things strong for his area because otherwise if everyone starts falling off and going to cattle or whatever else, then it just makes his business not as viable or, or a lot harder. And I think that that goes for the whole of industry. If we if we're not so um, competitive and we're a bit more open and sharing and that, if we if we everyone's doing all right, then industry's going to be doing well too. Yeah, I think like you said, and it was David that mentioned along the lines about the rising tide lifts all ships, and it's one hundred percent true. And you know, to help. You can lift others around you. It's pretty incredible what you can do and even bring back. I think that's one positive thing. I've even seen in yourself what you've taken back to your community and your area of what you've done, being able to bring what you've learned, the people you network with, taking that back home, and those ones that surround you, you lift them up. I think that's probably one point that's not acknowledged enough and how much of an importance that is to take back to your local areas, the influence that you have. Look, you did make note, and it was pretty incredible, I'm not going to lie to most of the crowd, how much the crowd has grown since the free beer and dinner did somehow turn up. But it's pretty amazing what that does. And you did mention that, I was like, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at that table over there. I didn't see you all day, and it was amazing. You mentioned one word of free beer, and they all come out of woodworks. Nah. <laughs> it's all good, but you can collect your membership form as you leave. Um, 
Look, to to those people, and that's fine because I've been there, I've been young, I've come in for the free beers and and not signed the form. What is that one word or that one sentence that you would say to tip them over the edge if they are questioning to become a member? (laughs) (laughs) Keep coming back and the beer will keep coming, I suppose. Um, No, I I think... uh, yeah, just don't be, don't be afraid to um, just put your hand up. Uh, it's not as daunting as you think. And, um, you know, I didn't go to university. I, didn't, I haven't sort of done anything like that. But I suppose everyone's got something to offer. And, um, yeah, don't underestimate what you could um, bring to your industry, I suppose. Some wise words. Look, everyone, make a big round of applause for Rob for coming on board. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to another episode of Yarns from the Paddock. If you did enjoy the episode, be sure to share it with some friends and family and leave us a rating if you got five. Anyway, have a great day.